Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? Hello and welcome to the start of our second run of looking at the Doctor's adversaries. Hello Ian, you're in Hello, there aren't you? Hello Eric, I am in here, yes. I was just thinking it's uh, it's come around very quickly, isn't it? The second run. It is, yep, we're back again. Uh, of course, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, the coronavirus and everything, we were never going to be doing, going, doing no, this weekly. We'd probably be up to about per three the first time round now, wouldn't we? We would be, we would be. Yeah. But no, here we are, we're back again. We're back with the first Doctor. Um, well, it means we get to watch more Doctor Who, doesn't it? We do, we do. Well, we well we watch good and up. listen. <laughs> yeah. For this That's, story, yes, we watch yeah. and listen, or we look at photos. Do you remember watch and listen? I used to like that. Wordy, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yes. So yes. We, we used to learn to read, wasn't it? Mm. I'm, I was reminded when I was looking at uh, the loose cannon um, recreations of yeah. the missing episodes also about how, you know, in the 70s you had photo novels as well, didn't you? Yes, I was a huge fan of photo novels. That Which ones did favorite. you have? Which ones I had, had? Grease. That was a weird one. Mm. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, was, I was sipping my cider then and you agree. They did a photo novel of, of a, musical. a musical. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I used to wonder that, but it was... It was. Uh, <clears throat> I used to. I used to have that. Close Encounters, Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, Star Trek Two, um, Battlestar Galactica. That was the. Oh, I had idea. that one. That was brilliant. Because you had nice, nice close-up shots of uh, the Cylon ships yeah, and it, uh, the Galactica. Well, the, well, this the thing is before before video. This was pretty much this and novelizations was the only way you could relive a film, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I love the Battlestar Galactica one because it very clearly on one of the pages shows the fuck off written in lights it when does, the Cylon attack. Yeah, and yeah. once you see it, it's like, oh my god, how did no one notice that? Um, but yeah, I, I loved photo novels. I still do. I mean, I, do you remember um, DWB? Dwerb. Oh, and Dwerber did them. Yes. Yeah, they used to do the, the, the magazine versions yeah. of Loose Cannon, wasn't it? That was yeah, pretty much. They would t- they would get the because because when we were sort of fans in the early years. Telly snaps that no one had heard of these. It was only no. when the guy, I think he died, didn't he? And his, his estate went through, or his, his widow went through, and all this stuff was found. John Curran, I want to say. I'm probably wrong there. Um, they found all this stuff, and it was a really weird system. So before it was cost effective for people to, to actually tape stuff, um, directors, if they wanted a sampling of their work or to see, they would have. This, this guy offered a service to the BBC where he would actually point a camera at a flat screen monitor, uh, point a stills camera at a flat screen monitor and take like shots every three seconds or every six mm. seconds and you would pay him to do this. So it's totally random what shots you got. It wasn't like he was waiting for a lovely shot of the Doctor, you know, mooning out from the screen. Um, so, so a lot of these telesnaps are random shots, but it's all we've got left of a lot of the, well, that and the soundtrack, it's all we've got left of 
of these shows. And and that's the problem with loose cannon is that they can only use what they've got. Yes. So very often if you watch a loose cannon one, they use the same shot over and over yeah. again because they haven't got anything. Do you, and we'll talk yeah, I was going to say, do you prefer when they do that or when they start using shots from other episodes, other no, stories? No, no, you've got to and, stay yeah, in the story. I agree. I don't like it when you get a shot of, say, Jamie from a different show and they've, like, redone it or changed this clip. And it's like, no. No, 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 no. no. It's got to be true to yep. it, hasn't it? You know? Um, I mean, the the photo novels, I mean, if if these tele-snaps were available, can you imagine when we were little, if at the same time, you know, they were releasing these in the 70s, you had Doctor Who ones oh, as well? Yeah, it would have been amazing. It, it would have been brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the only ones I had was the Battlestar Galactica one that you had. Yeah. I had the Star Trek Galileo, Galileo oh, got, 7 one. I've got the whole set of the Star Trek original oh, series. Right, oh, right, right. And costly the other, as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. And the only other one I had was a big, thick A4 one, because they, they're usually paperback size, weren't yes. they? But this was A4, and I don't know, for the life of me, I don't know where it's gone. I can't believe I, I would have sold it on oh, eBay. Oh, is this the Alien? No, not the Alien oh. one. Oh, no, I've still got that one. Oh, yes, of course, there was the Alien one. But no, before that, mid-70s, I had the Frankenstein one. Uh, the oh, James Whale Frankenstein one. They're the black worth a fortune now. Yeah, and I don't know where it went. Yeah. I definitely don't own it anymore, and I can't believe I sold it. No, so where the heck is you, it? You probably lent it to someone. Maybe I did. I've, I've, I've got my, my original Lost in Time DVD box set. I yeah. couldn't find, and I've lent it to somebody, and I've asked everybody no. that I could think of. I had to buy it again. Not recently wow. for this, but eventually <laughs> yeah. it, it just it annoyed me so much that it was missing. I had to, I had to get it again. That's um, the way they get that old phrase, isn't it? No. Blender or Bond, indeed, indeed. So yes, yeah. So yeah, um, the Dalek Master Plan then. Yes. Um, yes and and the reason we're doing the Dalek Master Plan and the reason we're talking Mavic Chen today is, as listener, you know, Ian and I alternate who we choose, we and uh, and Ian had first choice on on the first Doctor, and. At, at the very beginning of, of this show, I knew that when it was my turn to talk about the first Doctor for the first time, it would be Mavic Chen, right. because um, I, I just find him a very a interesting... A well, I'm a fan of Kevin Stoney. Yes. And, he yeah, and he, he seems quite a compelling character, and I, I think it's helped a great deal by the fact that it's largely... A lost story, isn't it? Nine of the episodes are yes. missing. It's a, it's the twelve, twelve part story. The long it is the longest ever um, one, unless you include Trial of a Time Lord. It is pretty yeah, much okay. the last one, isn't it? Uh, the, the, the longest. Yes, one. It's, the, it's the longest one. So you got the War Games, which was ten episodes, and then this, which was twelve or thirteen, if you count the mm. the, uh, the weird little episode before it. Yeah, and so yeah, all, all the way while we've been doing our weekly recordings, it's like, well, it'll be Mavic Chen, Mavic Chen, and here we are, we come round and it's Mavic Chen, but of course the world politically <laughs> is, is uh, in turmoil at yeah. the moment, and I, I've been privately talking to you and saying, I don't know whether we should do this or not in the current yes. climate, but we've decided, no, actually this might be a completely relevant time to talk about what they were doing, what they thought they were doing, and how well or not well it, that might have come across. Yeah, so because this is this is something that not not only Doctor Who suffers from, but 
pretty much any show um, made pretty right up until sort of the late seventies, possibly even the early eighties, suffered from this. And this is this is where you would hire a a white actor to portray an ethnic minority, um, which is sometimes called you know blackface, sometimes yellowface, uh, sometimes brownface. But but basically, yeah, you're slathering makeup on someone to try and make them look like they're not from a the ethnic group that they actually are from. Um, th- this is it's 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 complicated stuff. I find certainly for me now. I I I I don't doubt that that it now it would be viewed on as as racist. But part of me, and this is not not to do with race or anything like that. We got to be so careful here, haven't we? We don't hmm. want to offend anyone. We're me and Eric. We're both very much against racism. Uh, and I'm not going to do a but because that's usually when you then say something racist. That, that's um, usually when I have a sharp intake of breath yeah, when somebody yeah. says that to yeah. me. You're waiting for the. Uh, oh, here it uh, comes. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want them living next year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think any actor, and, and using the phrase to encompass the whole spectrum of gender, um, any actor should be able to play any part. In an ideal world, because because generally you don't you don't hire um, someone that has had the life of the character because that's not acting then, is it? That's you're just mm. filming someone that did it. So so if you you know if you want someone playing a shopkeeper, you wouldn't necessarily have to hire a shopkeeper because mm-hmm. that's acting. Uh, and I think that I I can't see any reason. On the acting, I got to be so carefully on the acting front that any coloured person could play any part because you're acting. Hmm. But where it becomes difficult is obviously with the the the, the connotations that that certainly in in cinema you had right back from like the very first movies, like D.W. Griffiths stuff, things like that, Birth of a Nation, where you were it was used for racist purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there is a history of it. So I, I can certainly understand why it should be avoided at costs. Uh, it don't like I say it does. Hopefully we're all sensible enough that it doesn't get into the, uh, as I said, you know, he's playing a shopkeeper, but he's not a shopkeeper. Therefore he should be a shopkeeper because I know it's not equatable with race or gender or anything like that. Um, but I think it's just a minefield, isn't it now? So, the, the, nowadays, most television companies, most film productions—I say most—will will err on the side of caution and say this this could prove upsetting to someone. We won't do it. Of course, back then, this was very much the norm, and that's not saying it's right or it's wrong. Mm. But that's but how it was. That's how it was. So you, you you, I mean, certainly when we were growing up, there was only a very small sort of stable of actors that were of ethnic minorities mm. um, so you would tend to either get the, the same actors appearing in Burt Quack you know, casing, so any time a film would want an uh, 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 oriental henchman weirdly if they wanted the oriental main character they would usually yellow face someone mm-hmm. as we're talking about today if it was a, an oriental henchman, it'd usually be Burt Kwok because you know he was available. Now that's not to say that 
uh, the ethnic actors weren't available because they didn't have the chance because the whole system was horribly racist, which I'm I'm pretty much think that was the case. It must have been very hard for for someone that wasn't a white male to get into acting. You know, I I, I think you very succinctly put that. Yes, because um, the way I see it, there's. There's two ways of looking at what was out, you know, um, in, in the way of entertainment, you know, in the 60s, 70s or, or, or before that and to some degree the 80s, is that when people, white people would dress up like that as a complete racial stereotype... Yes. Right? Which is just abhorrent and hideous. And it was naff then. When I'd be watching a variety show and the black and white minstrels would come on, it's like, this is crap. Yes. And I'm eight years old thinking this is wrong. Yeah. Right? Now, did you think so, it was crap because it was a crap program? It was a crap program, crap, but it was just yeah, a crap yeah. notion. It, yeah, it was just weird, a crap weird, weird. notion. But the other thing, and, 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 and you, you referred to it then, is that at that time, as the way I see it and understand it, you know, the... the Part, part of the 80s, 70s, 60s, all that, definitely before that, is that if you were, you know, a, a, of a ethnic minority and you were in a film or a TV show, you were never given a lead. You were an extra no. or a support person. So if suddenly in the script you need a, a, a main character that would be Chinese or Japanese, whatever, you gave it to a white man and then put makeup on that person yes. because you didn't consider, because it, the system was hideously racist, yep. it, it didn't occur to them for one second to actually use a Japanese uh, actor. Exactly, yeah. It, I mean, that, it, 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 it just was racist. I mean, right, even back from, I say from the first days of cinema, and certainly when... Like when we were growing up, you would see the, the Charlie Chan films with uh, mm. Warner Oakland. And, I mean, a white Swedish man playing a Chinese person. But you didn't really question it as kids. And it's only as you got older that you you start, hang on, oh, hang on. Mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I can, I, I, yeah, sorry. No, no, I was going to say, I mean, um, two for me is uh, Dr. No in yes, the first James yeah. Bond film. White man playing a yeah. Asian guy. Uh, Christopher Lee as Fu Manchu. Yep. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, so, although, so, although Christopher Lee does maintain that he was so convincing as a Chinese man that when he was on the <laughs> ferry, the locals would speak to him in Chinese because they thought he was. Uh, to which I say, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Well, of course, he's an expert look, on everything. Old Chris, like isn't he? Six foot tall white man <laughs> with sellotape on your eyes. Yes, and yeah. So this is this is the culture. Yes. This is the yeah. norm, and 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 sadly, it went right the way through the seventies. Out the other side, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I was thinking about, you know, um, you know, Burt Kwok, yes, he, he got a lot of work, but, you know, sometimes it was just so terribly uh, um, stereotypical. I mean, you yeah. know, he, he's Cato in the, in the Pink Panther films, and yeah. they were making them up until the late 70s. And also, you know, where you have, you know, in... Um, it, it went into the 80s because, you know, it, when you've got Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and at the beginning, Indiana Jones's mate, uh, Lee Han, yeah. or whatever his name was, um, you, you, you know, good that he has got, you know, a, a Chinese, you know, sidekick. And he went on to become the Chinese detective. There was yeah. a BBC. So his, 
Yeah, his gimmick. His gimmick was, was he's he a was detective Chinese. who's Chinese. Yeah. Yes, just call it something else, and the yeah. guy happens to be Chinese. Don't yeah, make it, a big deal with the fact that, oh, oh, look at this, there's a detective, and he's Chinese. Yeah. That is racist that, in itself, and that was the 80s. Yeah, that's, that's like... That's basically they're saying that being Chinese is a disability alongside like Ironside and all the other detectives that all had something slightly wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah, so we and also right up to I think it was eighty one, was it, where you had Peter Sellers in a major motion picture playing Fu Manchu. Yeah. I mean I can remember we we had we showed that at our cinema as like one of the late night matinees. Uh, and that was the first time I watched it. It was I was just aghast at the back of the mm. cinema I go, What is this? The Party, which at one point was a classic Peter Sellers film, and now mm. is very, very hard to watch. Um, uh, uh, Cliff Richard singing, oh, what was the song? Goodness Gracious Me. Yeah. No, that was uh, Peter Sellers. That was, was that Peter, Peter Sellers, Sellers and Sophia Loren, wasn't it? Oh, but Where I'm, I'm sure it, there was it, a Cliff Richard they oh. did a sketch, sketch, on, sketch on one a sketch on one of his shows oh, okay. where they reenact that, and it's yeah, it's. It's just it's just a bizarre time, isn't it? It was a bizarre yeah. time, and and I think it didn't that it it just seemed the norm because it was everywhere, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it was. It was. It and that doesn't make it right. No, but yeah, but you we're, also we're not condoning it. it, it yeah. Of course, we're not condoning it at all. But um, but yeah, it is it is strange now. I mean, and with Mavic Chen, I mean, you know, the first real experience I had of the Dalek Master Plan was listening to it yes. um, um, on the audio tape and um, but Mavic Chen we, we, we've got to talk about this I mean what is the deal with Mavic Chen because if you listen to it it's just Kevin Stoney well, there's no, no accent at no, all so, in, in, so I, I, I've done a bit of digging on this because like you when you, when you mention this and I know there's there's certain fan theories where he's not meant to be a Chinaman. He's not meant to be Oriental. He's actually meant to be like someone from a different planet. And the, the, the evidence that they give for this is that some of the actors involved said he was painted blue. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. That his makeup was blue. But it photographs as a Oriental shade, so that could be again this the, the fact we've said before that TARDIS being green. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they would have to use certain shades here because I, I've I've certainly seen this before where if you if you do a blanket color of one color, it doesn't show up, so his face would have you know bleached out. Um, but I suppose the the biggest damning evidence uh, is if you go back to Uncle Terry's original stage directions for the first episode, it specifies that. Uh, Chen spoke with no vocal trace of of his Eastern ancestry, de- ah. despite being obviously Oriental in quotation marks, um, and that fits with the makeup that you see. So, mm. so Mavic, or if if we say it how Kevin Stoney says it, Marvic, Marvic, Marvic. Yeah. If you so, one of the things with HD, of course, is that it shows up the. The, the, the makeup effects they use at the time. So they, they would use uh, gauze to pull people's eyelids back. That's what they're doing here. Yeah. Um, the, the only other trace that might not be, and I sort of looked into it and thought, oh, okay, is in some shots, in some photographs, his eyebrows look f- 
almost non-human. They're far. They're almost Vulcan. Swept. They're up almost earth. vertical. Yeah. In some of in some of the shots, they they, they in, are yeah, practically pointing straight. Only in some of up. the shots. Yeah. But if you if you look at uh, like um, Ming the Merciless, Fu Manchu style. Mm. I know Ming wasn't. He was from Mongo, but he was a Chinaman in the same respect. It mm. was you know viewed as the the yellow menace, that sort of thing, which again is a horrendous. Uh, whole genre, um, mm. and he, his eyebrows are done like that. And in most shots after the first episode, most you you look at the remaining episodes and the tally steps, his eyebrows are much toned down. So mm. I I I suppose you I don't think for me the jury's not still out, but you could you could if you wanted to be particularly uh, pedantic, you could argue that he's not meant to be. You know, that Uncle Terry wrote it like this, but then the director had a good change of heart and said, no, actually, he's... But then they never mention this, and he's he's portrayed, for all intents and purposes, as a Fu Manchu-style character. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've, I've been thinking during the week, and, it, and, and I'm trying to think of the pros and cons, and, you know, there's very slight in the way of pros, because I'm thinking, yeah. well, you know... The eyebrows are really bizarre. Yeah, um, you, you, you know the, the the white, almost curly hair. Well, that's not very Asian. And the, his strange way of writing and his pointed yeah. fingernails and the fact that it's the year four thousand. And I, I mentioned last week, maybe he's a mutation or something yeah. like that. But nobody else that you see on Earth no. looks anything like him. If they all look like him, then you can say, oh, this is what the human race yeah. looks like. To try and maybe blend in with all the other rather odd delegates that we get, you yes. know, that you've got to be distinctive. But Kevin Stoney says on the audio commentary to one of the surviving episodes that the makeup was all down to a particular lady in the makeup department. But from what you're saying there, I think, yes, yeah, she re- read the stage directions yeah. from Uncle Terry, and that's what she went for. A yeah, futuristic so. Fu Manchu, I think, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I, think, I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, we, as you say, the, if, you, if you listen to it on audio, none of this makes a, a slight bit of difference, because you're right, he's playing it as Kevin Stoney. <laughs> a very not, camp yeah. Kevin yes, Stoney. We'll, very camp, but yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to certain moments. He doesn't but, quite get up to Packer. Packer. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he he is there, and he's. It has to be said. I mean, I really like this story. Is has huge issues. I, I you know, we'll. Get it's to a that. mad story. It's it a really mad. Is. Yeah, it, it's absolutely back man. It's um, it's the equivalent of a Flash Gordon serial, isn't it? It's a serial. It's it's made to be watched one episode per week, yeah. and you forget about it in the meantime. If you watch it, or as we've just both done, watch and listen to it. In a couple of days, because we, you know, we had to cram it in since the last episode. Um, it's it's it doesn't hold together as a complete story. It would work far better as a four-parter. Yes, not twelve. You, no, twelve is too long. And this is, I mean, we can lay that squarely on the blame of um, one of the BBC directors, wasn't it, that sent a memo down saying, "My wife loves these Dalek mm. creatures. I want you to do a massive one." Because they weren't, they, it wasn't planned as a twelve-episode story. It was meant to be a six-part, wasn't it? And they, so mm. they added two six-parters together, basically. Um, so yeah, the story you could you could watch episode two, episode I think four or five, and the final episode, and the story hangs together lovely. Yes. 
Yes. You miss nothing. You don't need Egypt. You other, don't yeah. need the meddling yeah. monk. You don't need any of that. Yeah. No. This is and and again, this is this is classic Terry plotting. I know he didn't write all the episodes, but he he did do the story outline for Dennis Spooner for his episodes. But this is classic Terry uh, plotting, very much like the Chase or the original Dalek story. It's it's one little adventure after another that are not really connected, no. don't really go anywhere. And I think if this was a novel, it'd be called a pot boiler, wouldn't it? It's mm. you you can you can watch an episode or not. If you missed an episode, like say you come back the next week, you're not going. What the hell? What's happening? You go. Mm. Oh right. Oh, they're, they're still trying to get that tin can, are they? Oh. Um, yeah. It it has some really good highlights, and Kevin is one of them. Mm. Um, but it also it's it's not it's not the classic that that fandom makes out to be. This again, when things are missing, fandom writes it up to be the best thing ever and what what a lesser fan you are because you weren't around to watch it live mm, the first mm. time oh you, what have you missed there oh, and they, here they we go this again, happen, yeah. yeah this happens with all of them um <laughs> you know uh i mean when i when i was a, a fan in the late 70s it was uh two men side men this yeah. evil of the daleks it's like oh god it if they could, if they still existed they would be touted as the best of television they would be you know yet they're up there with with the best ever produced ever. and then gradually if they've been finding stuff it's like ah, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah you don't hear many people touting Tomb of Cybermen as the pinnacle of Doctor Who now I love it it's, mm. it's one of my favourite Trouton stories but it, yeah it doesn't hold together well and boy has that got some racism problems yeah um Oh, what a yeah, dangerous we, uh, era one day we've to. got to talk about that we have, uh, yes. as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean this one. I mean, yeah, I, no. I think if it was discovered, it would be nice to see yeah. it. But, but oh, it'd be lovely. I'd it, love to see it. There are moments, and we'll discuss them as we come by. It's like, oh, I wish I could see that. When all you've got is the soundtrack to go on, and it's yeah. like, oh, but I want to see that, you know. Yeah, I, I want to see. I want to see this stuff. I want to see what happens. It. And the trouble is, we've got we've got three episodes in existence now which is at one point there was only the one certainly mm. when I was I mean at one point they were all existing weren't they but <coughs> yeah there was only ever one and then they found a couple more and I love seeing them because you can get a good taste of what the rest was like but it has to be said one of those episodes is pure padding are you talking about the policeman in the 60s no, no. I mean, I mean, the Feast of Stephen doesn't even exist, which I think that's probably a good thing. That was pure padding. But no, I think it's um, episode. Is it episode five or four? The the middle one of the surviving episodes, uh, and it's it's just pure padding all the way oh, through. Oh, yeah. No, that's five. Yeah. Four is when five, Katarina yeah. dies. Oh right, yeah. I would like I'd like to see that one. I mean, that the clip still exists of uh, of that, doesn't it? Which is mm. good. Um, I mean, the other the other huge strength, well, several huge strengths of the show is the guest cast are amazing because you've got uh, uh, Brett Vion, you know, um, played by the Brig. You mean James Bond? Yes, he's, yeah, he's he is Bond. James Bond. Yeah, definitely, um, is amazing, uh, and uh, also uh, Emma Peel. She's really good in this, yeah. isn't she? 
I always forget that Brian Kent is in it as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, oh. he's in Dominators as well. That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, I thought before we start talking about the story and, and, and Chen, um, I had one more nugget of information oh. which could have, you know, made you go, oh, maybe he isn't Asian after all. Right. And that's his first name, right? Marvick Chen. No, 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 that's his middle name. I've decided that's his middle name. Oh, right. His first name is Ian. Is it? Because he he always says, I, Mavic Chen. Oh, right. So I reckon that's yeah. Ian Mavic Chen. Do you, yeah, do you think he's he's not megalomaniac? He's just being sort of Yeah, pedantic. he's just putting his yeah. initial. In the, in the year 4000, when you announce yourself, you your first name you put as an Are initial, you? and then you say the rest of it. Are you sure he's not from Oop North? And he's going, I, Mavic Chen. I. Um... <laughs> All right. Okay. We're, we're, All right. Weird. Weird that we're doing that in an episode where we're discussing racism. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, I suppose one question: Did you have you watched the recreation they did of Mission to the Unknown? No, you or asked me that the other Dark day. Cutaway. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah. That's that's uh, the infamous one where yeah. absolutely no one's in it. Um, yes. None of the regular cast are in it. No, I've got the Doctor Who monthly. That uh, charted, you know, oh, right, the, yes. the, the, that university Doctor recreating Lansley. it and everything. God, yeah, you old fakey. <laughs> um, and it yeah, looked it's, really it's good. It's really good. It's on YouTube. I don't know if it's. Oh, still is it up, on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. They they oh. they had it on YouTube as well. I watched it. They they showed it. But they did a really good job. Um, I, uh, part of me, other than the fact that students doing it, good job. Part of me is like, what a pointless waste of effort. But. It's, it's all right, it, you know, it does the job. Um, I'm not sure on everyone. Everyone now and again keeps going on with, why don't we fil- film the missing episodes again? Why don't we just come up with fresh stuff, eh? Yes. We've got the soundtracks. We don't, we don't need to start doing that. Um, do you remember when um, when they were, were expecting Paul McGann to, to have a sterling career going forwards after the marvellous Doctor Who <laughs> telly movie? And they were... They were it, um, they were sort of saying that, that one of their options was they could refilm uh, classic stories, but with Paul McGann in it. So they could do the Tomb of the Sidemen, but have Paul McGann's Doctor Who. A bit like they did with Sharda, I suppose. They eventually did that with Sharda, didn't they, as an mm. audio? Mm. And I thought, what a weird, <laughs> what a weird. Just, like you idea. say, just come up with a new story yeah. that would be yeah. entertaining. Mm. Perhaps that's, perhaps we're asking a bit much there. Um, but yeah, I so the the you had this one-off Dalek cutaway episode, um, which basically they, they the the schedules were all going slightly amuck, and they wanted to give everyone their day their week off mm. at the same time. So it made sense to do this. It must have been really weird for because because especially in the Hartnell, I mean, one of these episodes hasn't got Hartnell in it, and uh, you're sort of waiting for Hartnell to appear, aren't you? When's the Doctor going to appear? When's the, and he's not in that week because he's off in Benidorm or whatever. Yeah. Well, actually, it'd be Margate, wouldn't it? Because I, I couldn't quite see William Hartnell going abroad. No, I can um, see him on Margate yeah. in a deck chair with his deck trousers chair, rolled yeah. up and with, a hanky on his a head. cup on his head, yep. We're back to um, stereotypes again. We are, yes, yeah. <laughs> see, it's so easy to fall into that, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, so so they, they did this one-off episode and then they went off and did uh, The Myth Makers. Um, which, I, again, quite a nice audio story. I'd like to see that one. I'd like to see some of the historicals at this. Yes, yes. Because the BBC's good at historical. I get a feeling a lot of this would take, the Mythmakers would take part in a tent. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. It would be intense, but not in the right way. Oh, very um, good, very good, very good. And then, yeah, then we're straight into the Dalek Master Plan, aren't we? Of course, you wouldn't know that as a viewer because it wasn't called the Dalek Master Plan. No, it's and that's what throws me when I'm on the yeah. Loose Cannon site trying to find, you know, Episode 7, and it's like... It's not called episode no. seven. It's it's whatever you know. Yeah. And it's like oh bloody hell, what was it called? <laughs> you know? And some of these episode titles, especially for this one, are quite tenuous, aren't they? Like I, I love the fact that one of the episodes is called Escape Switch, and then right at the end, the last line, they throw in a thing where the Doctor says, "Let's press the Escape Switch." Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, you've not tied that in particularly. Who well, had the you? job of thinking these ones up? I yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is a weird. Do you reckon Terry would have thought of episode titles, or they, he would have just left that to the production crew? No, he would have left it. I like describing right, yeah. something as a white, bare white room. Yeah, yeah. minimal. Yeah, the yes. Doctor enters a bare white room. He does something. Cliffhanger. Yes. Fill yes. in the rest, lads. <laughs> Ding! As he goes off to the bank. Also, um, I, I think this story um, um, really highlights something we've mentioned before on Blake Seven in character is that Uncle Terry really doesn't have much of a grasp on space and size and distance because it's the year 4000 and Mavic Chen is guardian of the solar system. Yes. How can you be a guardian of an entire solar system? You have to move very quickly, I think. You Um, have to be in all places at all times, wouldn't you? You, Yeah. That's a busy job. Because, so what, I suppose... At this point, I suppose we could look at it in one of the Dalek annuals, and it'll, it'll probably have something about this. So, I suppose is 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 the solar system. Assuming I mean, how many? Who knows how many planets we'll end up with by the year four thousand? Pluto might be back in. Mm. Are all the planets inhabited at this point? You get the inference that they you that, do, that they've written it like yeah, it is. Otherwise, why wouldn't he just be guardian of the Earth? Yeah. No. No, the other planets have got people on yeah. it. There are populations, and he's yeah, there the, must be, yeah. And he's the guardian of them all, not yeah. the president of them all or anything no, like that, guardian. but the guardian. Now, do you think he's voted into office? He seems to act like a politician, like he's worried about what people are thinking. He's very much a politician. Yeah. But then he also seems to act a bit like a dictator, doesn't he? Because mm. this is this is again a, a, an early um, an early outing for for the Federation, isn't it? This is. Hmm? This is a, a, a semi-fascist police state or mm-hmm. sort of thing. So again, another Terry trope, an early Terry trope in its embryonic form. Mm. So is is Marvik Chen, Marvik. is he the equivalent of Serverland? He might be a, a distant relative. Yeah, or is he oh. the much, much touted and fabled and missing president? That's why I was just thinking, it's the year 4000, and we know that Blake 7 is the second calendar, and it's a long way in our future. Oh, maybe who and Blake 7 do merge together. Yeah, there we go. So when when, uh, the president disappears and it's the the big civil war, you know, the the end of Star 1 and that, perhaps it was the Daleks. Yeah, maybe you don't see the president because he's off on Kemble. Yeah, exactly. Could be. Hmm. Yeah, I like I like this. I like you know the quite naive uh, way that you know Uncle Terry writes yeah, things. You it's know, Flash Gordon, isn't it? yeah, you've got Guardian of the Solar System, right? And it must be a busy job because he's going away on holiday. Yes. Yeah. You know, you've built yourself up. You're the Guardian of the Solar System, but you've got to take a week off. Yeah. Did know? he? Uh, well, it was a tough job. Did he leave someone else? Keeping Deputy an eye Guardian. On it? Yeah. 
Deputy he's got Gary. he's got a mate, hasn't he? Called um, what's his name? Begins with K. Uh, Carlton. Yeah. So he's got a he's lackey, deputy, isn't he? Yeah. Deputy uh, guardian. It'd be yeah. great if it had been Packer, wouldn't it? Packer. These, these two run in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he doesn't. The, all the reporters, they all want to know where where are you going, and he says, "Oh, I'll just probably just drift around the solar yeah. system in my spaceship." Yeah, I'll tootle off. I'll spend a weekend on Venus. Tootle off, yeah. and he tootles off. He tootles off to the planet Kemble. Yes. Um, which has been left over from, you know, the story you say that was the week before. I'm always amazed when I listen to this about how the sound effects for Kemble is exactly the same sound effects for Zill's planet in Blake 7. And I never true, remember. Yeah. And then I listen to it and it's like, bloody hell, Zill must be somewhere around so, the corner. Well, do you th- yeah, do you think that Zill is on Kemble? Do you think Blake's... There we are, we're merging it together yeah. as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, th- again, Terry Trope. We used to do, if anyone didn't listen to Blake Seven in character, we used to do Terry Trope. So every time Terry would use one of his uh, standard ideas. And this is the same. The man-eating jungle. Yeah. He, he literally is just reliving his childhood, isn't he? Tarzan and Flash Gordon. Yeah. And, of course, we've got another Terry Trope later on. We've got Invisible Invisible. Monsters. Oh, yes. Yes, I mean, Terry did enjoy that. He did enjoy an Invisible creature. I'm surprised we haven't got a Lake of Acid. In, on Kemble. I bet there is one. I bet yes. there is one. Just it's just giant. out of shot. I reckon yeah, so, and, yeah. Yeah, and you've got the not Brigadier, and you've, yep. not, and you've got the not Brian Kent, yep. um, who are marooned. Um, and at the same time, yeah, he's on his way there because he's going to join the seventh meeting, not the sixth, not the fifth, not the fourth, the seventh meeting of the Galactic Council. Yes. Um, is this like the our councils? So do you think they in in the first six meetings they were discussing potholes? I was Presumably just about, you holes. beat me. I was just about to say they're going to mention potholes. Yeah. Do you think? Okay. Do you think that they they would go well off off the A four yeah. star system? There's a black <laughs> hole. Um, what should we do about it? And they 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 get someone to just chuck a, a bucket of uh, old tar into it. No, it's the asteroid belt. Asteroids yeah. is a rock full of potholes. There you go, That's yeah. what you've got to fill in. All the asteroid yeah. holes. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the Daleks are there as well, and the delegates of the outer galaxies. Yes. I, I quite liked it. I mean, Anne was watching this episode, um, episode two, when the, the, the delegates turn up. Um, not the BBC's finest hour, has to be said. They, um, they, their they, budget they, they, doesn't quite stretch to they, it. They don't, and the people in the suits, especially the guy with the blobs all over him, yes. is going for a very am-dram, you know, individual style of walking. Well, yeah, well, he walks in the same way that the Cybermen did in the wheel in space, floating in space. So I yeah, when there's the same men, not, not meant to be gravity. It yes. could be. It yeah. could be. Uh, yeah, the, the, the aliens, I mean, hats off, space hats off to them, that they made an attempt to do aliens but unfortunately when when your budget consists of a couple of sheets of crepe paper and all you can do is make a tube out of it that you're sort of you're you're scuppered i like that one though i wish it i thought he would appear because he's in the last one he's in uh uh mission to the unknown the black one pointy christmas tree cardboard one with the eyes yeah but he's not in the delegates in this no. one, is he? Well, none of none of them are the same, are they? So, again, it's almost again Flash Gordon sort of ideas that 
that they expect five weeks on, no one remembers what these guys look like. And it was only when the telly snaps were found that people compared them and go, hang on, these are completely different yeah. aliens. It is very Flash Gordon, though. You got this in Flash yeah. Gordon, where you would have people from different planets, and they were essentially yeah. humanoid, but they had some sort of like physical you yeah. know, uh, uniqueness about them. Yeah, e- even doing that, we're, we're speciesist, aren't we? That everyone that isn't human it's got something wrong with them. Yeah. I like them, though. They, yeah, I they, do, they, I they, do. they are quirky, and yes, it's all been made on a budget. I, yeah. I especially like Zephon, who will be turning up yes, in a minute. Yes, he's but, good, yeah, Mr. Mr. Privet Hedge. Yeah, before Zephon turn, turns up... Yeah. <laughs> before he turns up, of course, the Doctor is outside, and he yeah. sees Mavic Chen's spaceship land. And Mavic Chen's Earth spaceship... Um, this the rather charming, the, the, yeah, the spa good, good, the or the spa or something. Yeah. It, it is great, and I'd like to see more of this model work. Yeah. You know, um, it's almost like UFO, isn't it? The way it's yeah. got a spinning bit in the middle. And I, I love it. I, I again, this is, this is. Um, I love this sort of stuff. This is this is pot boilery sci-fi. So everything's got a name. The spa, the, this type of thing, and everything's got a spacey name, and it's it's very much. It's not a particularly believable future, but it's it, it does flesh it all out. I love the fact that, I mean, William Hartnell's on spectacular form here. I think he's really good. Where um, uh, uh, the brigadier says, uh, he goes, that's the spaceship of the Guardian of the Solar System, Mavic Chen, the spa. And William Hartnell just goes, uh, well, you'll know how to fly it then. And, and and he says yeah. yes as well, yeah. doesn't he? Because yeah. he's James Bond, I guess. He is, yeah. He is very Bondian in this. Yeah, so Marvik, he, he lands and he goes to this meeting chamber. He's the yeah. first one there because that's where we see this close-up of him doing his writing thing. Yes, he's got a really weird method of writing. And you can see that what he's writing is just scribble. So I don't yeah, know whether language right. is. Yeah, there's language. I suppose that, that we could put that in the, the tick box of he could be an alien. Yeah, um, and yeah, 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 yeah. The writing, we, the the, yeah. the way that he writes and everything. Or we could put it if we're being particularly uh, uh, um, nasty. We could put it in the tick box of he's Chinese because the the crew thought, well, our Chinese writing's just a load of old nonsense, isn't it? Oh yeah, it could you be don't that. Know. <laughs> well. Yeah, you don't know. See, this is the thing. These things never occur to me because I'm I'm just watching the nice, show or listening yeah. to the show. Yeah. <laughs> so he's there doing his writing thing, and and yeah, in comes the master of the fifth galaxy, yes. uh, Zephron. I love this guy. Guardian of the solar system. Yes. I am Zephron, master of the fifth galaxy. Of course. I had hoped to meet you once before at the Intergalactic Conference of Andromeda. I did not attend. And now you know the reason. The Daleks held a separate council at the same time. None of us of the outer galaxy went to York. Um, except Trankus. We agreed to send a delegate in order that the conference should not become suspicious. I've been reading the reports on the previous meetings here. The Daleks have evolved a most interesting plan. We of the Alpha Galaxies have contributed to it also. Of course. But you must admit the Daleks have a, a genius for war. That is so. 
Now, one thing surprises me, that you, guardian of the solar system, have agreed to become one of us. Why the surprise? As you say, I am guardian of the solar system. But that is nothing more than a part, however influential, of one galaxy. Would you be satisfied with just a part of a galaxy? The solar system is exceptional. In its far lies influences far outside its own sphere. Surely by joining with the forces determined to destroy that part, you mark yourself out as a supreme traitor. Traitor? <laughs> An archaic word for so advanced a man as yourself. Considering that the planet Tisa and the embodiment Chris have both at different times tried to depose you, do you still maintain that you're the mouthpiece for your own galaxy? I do. Now that I am all-powerful in my position. True. But then you do not understand the conflicting powers within our solar system. Now, let us go and take some air. This is hardly the time of the place for so serious a discussion. But first we must some air. He, wa he walks like he's shat himself, and he's got sunburn under his armpits. But I love the fact that he's got frondies coming out. His hands are fronds, his feet are fronds. Yes. Um, and he's brilliant. He's really well, I don't know who it is, but he's really well. Act the voice actor's doing a really good job. Um, it's, get, a great, yeah. it's a great costume, because, yeah, HD, you can look, and you try kind of like seeing if you can see the actor in the hood. Yes. And at one point, you can sort of see his jaw moving. He's obviously got some sort of black gauze yeah. over his face but no it's a terrific outfit that Doctor Who monthly that I bought because it had you know the yeah. recreation of Mission to the Unknown um, somewhere near the back they do a thing where you know fans say how they make a costume yeah. and, and somebody in that had made a Zephron and um, they just got lots of plastic leaves and sprayed yeah. them black and then just stuck yeah. them onto black gloves, you know. Very effective, looks very brilliant. Effective, yeah, it's, it works well. We get some lovely dialogue. We get some very ahead-of-its-time New Who naming conventions of different factions and things in this. Mm. Like the, is it the admonish, admonishment, Chris, or something, some faction? And it's like, I love things like that. It's like, ah, oh, this is like June. I love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, good good scene between, and it sets up what we need to know about Marvick um, in this, and it sets up his personality really well. And what I love about the fact they've got twelve episodes to play with does allow them that you can you can chart Marvick Chen's descent into sort of realistic madness. He he loses all his political skills. He you know. But he still believes in himself still believes all in himself, the way yeah. through. I, Marvik Chen, all yeah. the way through. But as an audience, you're 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 seeing that he's he's lost it and he's losing it and he gets worse. And as every setback, he get this is sort of you can see this is the effect the doctor has on people, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that. it in episode twelve yeah. where we can clearly see that he's doomed, but he yes, doesn't even yeah. realise it. Yeah, you he know, does not realise. But um, here, I mean, you know, we're in episode two, and you know therefore we can watch it and you know Kevin Stoney is always enjoyable yeah always entertaining to watch and he's decided to put in these odd mannerisms he points with his little finger yes at Zephron you know and you know he's got a quite 
he's quite camp. As I say, he's quite camp. When he, he turns to the camera when he's talking to Zephron and he rolls his eyes as he delivers to Zephron yes. a dot, 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 man such as yourself. And he's got this yeah, little I, smirk on his face. That is that, yeah, I, I love that line. Yeah, when he, uh, you're right, he just looks at the camera and he goes, well, someone, uh, or, or a man such, such as, as yourself. yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just brilliant. He's, I, I love Kevin Stenny. I, I've never seen him do a bad performance or a, a non-enjoyable performance, we'll say. Um, yeah, I mean, we've discussed him on Blake Seven yes, character, yeah. and and there was one where he's basically a blind man sat in a chair talking to Serverland for less than five minutes. But you know, we did a whole episode steals, on him yeah, because he steals of it. The episode. You know? um, yeah, he yeah this and this is sort of definitely this and um, uh, his invasion character Vaughn Tobias Vaughn. These are highlights of Doctor Who villainy. Hmm. You know. Which is one of the reasons why I wanted, you know, for my first first Doctor yeah. villain to be Marvik Chen. Yeah, he's mm. definitely... And yet, I don't think we've had an action figure. Shocking. No. Yeah, Was that, has there been an eagle muscle? I don't think so. I don't think you can. Maybe people are just too scared to. Yeah. Now, you know? Well, that would answer the question. If, he, if the figure was blue, you could yes. go... Yes. Uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like the fact with Marvik how he isn't afraid in the slightest of the Daleks. He stands up to them. Yeah. He he sticks to his point. He argues with them, and he's not scared at all. Well, he's totally secure in his political position, isn't he? He's sort of he's he's that style of politician that doesn't realise the danger they're in because he assumes that they respect his his position, his mm. you know his uh, his rank. Um, which may, I mean, this is sort of, it is a standard villain type, and it does make for a great villain, because you're waiting for his allies to turn on him. Yeah. Um, you, but yeah, again, it's, it's uh, Uncle Terry, right, he he is the guardian of the solar system, which yes. is a big space, but he wants more than that. Yes. Um, well, he... He actually says to his aide, Carlton, um, you know, Carlton says, well, if you uh, go against the Daleks, you're not going to get the whole universe, just the galaxy. And he goes, oh, it's a start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you've got to start small. Well, he says to Zephron, doesn't he, that because uh, that, uh, he goes, uh, you're already guardian of the solar system. And he says something like, well, the solar system is but part of the universe and who wants yeah. to be ruler of just part of something that's and that's right, his yeah. yeah that's his whole rationale isn't it that that i don't just want something i want everything which is the the best of villains isn't it mm. you know i mean we've often said before that like people like blofeld they spend more on their plans than they're going to get out of it <laughs> just be satisfied with what you got and this is a classic example of it yeah, what you were saying earlier. Yeah, the the rest of the solar system must be habited, inhabited because he, so, yeah. he he plans to send a force from Venus. Yeah, to destroy the alliance and Kemble as soon as he's got the time destructor and you know this. Uh, what's it called? What's the material in that oh, bean one, can? One um, M of one M of. Oh, to, to, hang on, it's in my notes. Titanium, here. is it? What Teridium is it? or something like terranium. Terranium, yes. Yeah. Once that's been assembled into the Time Destructor, Time Destructor, what sort of name, again, Terry? Um, Time Destructor, what does this thing do? 
on a on a on a solar system uh, scale. Well, I mean, the Doctor does actually point this out, doesn't he? That, that so he's do, he's he's enabling the Daleks to build something that destroys time. What? But what are they getting out of it? Because. I mean, luckily, when we see it, it seems to, to operate on a very local level. I don't know whether it would just spread out a bit like the Big Bang and eventually consume everything. Um, but it seems a pointless weapon. Yeah, I don't know what he's... This this is like taking a nuclear weapon to a gang fight, isn't it? Mm. Because, yeah, you're, you're going to wipe everything out. See, I still, I don't, no, and I don't get it because all these other delegates, I mean, Zephron, he's from the fifth yeah. galaxy. So he, he is the ruler of an entire galaxy already, yes. right? Which is better than the solar system. Yeah. We well, find we, out we the solar system so has some sort of, property. yeah, the solar system's got some sort of strategic value. Yes. That's why they're all interested in it. It always they, has, isn't it? Yeah, but Earth they destroyed, always... yeah, but if you destroy the solar system, who then controls the Milky Way galaxy? Well, so, I mean, there's there's quite a few systems in the Milky Way galaxy, and I'm sure someone else could have a go. But the Daleks want to take over the whole universe. That that means all the Don't billions know what of galaxies. Do with it. Yeah. It's too Again, big a Uncle scale, Terry, isn't it? Yeah. It, it? It's too big a scale. He doesn't yeah. understand the size of things. No, no. It's a, I often, it's like whenever they do things, where they're like, I'm going to take over the universe, and I think even in one of Tom Baker's ones, he made a joke about like what what are you actually going to do about it. What you it would do make more it? sense, yeah. yeah, Uncle Terry. If you had scaled it down, and Marvik was the president of Earth, and Zephron is the president of Venus, Venus yep. and the Daleks come in because they want to take over the entire solar system, yeah. then that kind of works, doesn't it? Yeah, scale it down like that, and you can go, okay, this makes sense. The the distances us are accountable for, and you could understand why one planet would want to take over another planet. But how does a solar system take over a galaxy? Mm. I mean, if if you had, if you had, you know, sixty billion soldiers, you could put one soldier on each planet. What? How are you going to police this galaxy? Again, like you say, it's too big. Yeah, too big. It's um, it's uh, it's just pulp sci-fi, isn't it? Yeah. There is something in episode six which I've never seen anybody else ever do in Doctor Who, and that's, as I say, Marvik. Um, you know, he argues with the Daleks. He's not scared of the Daleks. Isn't afraid to tell them exactly what he thinks. Marvik Chen, you have failed in your task. Failed? Is this my greeting? I agree that my mission was to return to Earth and recover the Terranium. This I have not done. Failure will not be tolerated. But I did notify you of the fugitive's whereabouts. The planet Myra. There, the vital core can be taken from them without suspicion. Their presence on Earth was a constant danger. At any time, they could have contacted forces unsympathetic to our plans. You make your incompetent sound like an achievement. Incompetence now, is it? You forget that the original blunder was not of my doing. I journeyed to and from Earth to correct a failing your security force should have dealt with. The core was stolen from here. My actions have brought about a situation which will allow you to recover the missing terranium easily and simply. If that is a failure, then I have failed. 
report. The fugitives have stolen our pursuit ship and left the planet Myra. Stolen? Left the planet Myra? Is their course being computed? It is. What news of our force? They are stranded on the planet and under constant attack from the invisible creatures that inhabit it. Dispatch a rescue ship to their aid. They will be dealt with on their return. Meanwhile, I will personally supervise recovery of the core. I obey. And you had the audacity to accuse me, Mavic Chen, of incompetence. It a is... Dalek pursuit ship stolen? It is not... Really? It is not an emergency! No. More like a catastrophe. They may believe that they have successfully escaped from us, but we, the Daleks, are still in command. And he actually, and this is something I've never seen anybody else do, he talks over the Dalek Supreme. The Dalek Supreme is trying yeah. to talk, and he's just <laughs> interrupting yeah. the Dalek Supreme. Yeah, the, he, he's got balls of steel, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, he, he totally and utterly believes in himself. Yeah. He is I, Marvik Chen, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, there's no way the Daleks could kill him because he is Marvik Chen. Mm. You know? mm. Well, if we, if we zip forward to, because we're focusing on, on Marvik, I mean, it's a 12 yeah. part we're not story. Cover all the we, we can't story. cover it. But if, if we zip forward to when. Marvik's ship comes back, you know, the doctor's on board, and he's yep. got the, the, the baked bean can, yes. but they can't fire at, at them because, you know, of the baked bean can. Um, yes, lucky that. Yeah. And the doctor says, I'll hand it over to you, but back at the TARDIS. Yeah, he says, under my... I mean, William Hunt was brilliant in this, because he really, he does anger like no one else. Mm. Um yeah, and he's basically saying it's like, it's my my uh, you're going on my plans, not yours. Uh, it's it's yeah. good stuff. I'm always surprised at this next bit when you know um, the Daleks are ready to shoot. They try shooting Steve. I think it's Stephen who's got yeah. the baked bean can, and it doesn't work because the TARDIS is projecting a force field, and that is used a lot in New Who. That you know you can produce a bubble around the TARDIS and da da da. I didn't realise it was as early as this that such a notion uh, was possible of the TARDIS. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's also isn't there something about that the 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 fact that it was carrying the terranium to whatever it is helped as well. But yeah, this it, again, this serial is 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 well ahead of its time. Or when they redid New Who, they were just quite fans of this story i don't mm. know because it yeah it it fits in really well with new who with some of the yes. ideas yeah it certainly does yeah. it certainly does when when he gets the baked bean can old kevin really does start going over the top yes yeah really over the top um because he thinks he's got the time core a uh, time core um episode seven that's all the silly potential it was meant to be Zed Carr's crossover oh, filler story isn't it yeah um, yeah I'm not bothered by the fact that that doesn't exist no. that I, I would I would like to see it just because I think William Hartnell does comedy so well I'd like to yeah. see it because of the um, uh, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas yeah. at yeah, the there's, end 
Yeah, there's uh, there's a really good YouTube video about the, the Feast of Stephen and, and how much of that end was scripted. And it was a bit of a combination between William Hartnell making things up as he does and uh, it was also in the script that he was meant to, to wish everyone a happy Christmas. But William Hartnell brings in everyone at home at a happy home, Christmas. At home, yes. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the question is, was that just Hartnell being Hartnell and being, you know, he thought that was the line or did he put it in? I think it's, I think it's nice. When I was a, a very serious teenage fan, it would have made my blood boil. And I would have desperately been trying to think up ways like, is he wishing the people viewing the space-time visualizer from the chase and the space museum? Is he wishing them people because he knows they're watching him? And it's bollocks. It's just, it's just a nice thing to do. You could say it? he was talking about a character called You at Home. That yeah. was his name, You at Home. Yeah, Merry Christmas, you at home. Yeah, it might be the Gallifreyan word for for Stephen. Mm. Yeah, but that's silly. I mean, the sixties um, police bit is silly. The yeah. whole silent film bit is silly, um, and it is just padding, isn't it? That's all padding. it is. Well, they. I mean, it shows you times are different. I mean, they knew this episode was going out on Christmas Day, uh, or Boxing Day, or one of the days. Can't quite remember. And they thought that. No one's going to be paying attention, so there's no point doing any sort of plot points for the story. So we just need to basically fill that 25-minute slot because everyone's going to be asleep or off their tits on Sherry. Yeah, um, and I think it, it works for that. But I just, I think when you read the the the, the synopsis and the script and that, it it's not even particularly well done. It's not mm. a lot of the jokes are not funny. No, no. Um, I think it, it had they, because the original idea was that it was meant to be Z-cast people, and I think that's quite a nice, that would have been funny because you're juxtapositioned in two programs. But the minute they said, no, you can't use the Z-cast characters, they should have scrapped it. I know they yeah. couldn't, but they should have scrapped it or rewritten it. So the fact they were still doing jokes that made no sense now, it's, it's and I, I mean, also the, the line that I love is something about, there's a police box outside the police station and someone says, uh, well, where else would it be? Well, anywhere but there, mate. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, go into the police station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put, put in the telephone that you can call the police station outside the police station gate is a bit silly. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I if if someone gave, said, his make a list of... What the the order you want all the lost episodes found in? This is going to be last, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, possibly the underwater menace after it. Mm, yeah, yeah, there are much higher ones, aren't there? Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, episode eight has the Daleks ready to test their time destructor, and um, yep. Chen is very assured. He's talking to all the other delegates. Yeah. I like the way that Chen, none of the delegates, not even the Daleks, actually know that that's the Doctor. Because no. I'm sure the Daleks don't say it's the Doctor. I mean, they know they see the TARDIS, and they know it's a time machine. But I'm yeah. sure there's nowhere in it do they go, "Oh, it's our sworn enemy. It's the Doctor." Well, I suppose at this point, this is the very this is the very beginnings of the Doctor being the Daleks' sworn enemy, isn't it? Because mm. what have we had so far? We've had the first story where neither side knew each other the doctor didn't know the daleks the daleks didn't know the doctor dalek invasion of earth where the doctor knows the daleks but the daleks certainly don't know the doctor then you got the chase where the daleks have recognized that there's a 
a character in the time machine that's in, so they chase yeah. on. Then you've got this, haven't you? Um, yeah, I suppose. So it's, it's not that far into the the chronology of the Daleks. That's a good name for a story, isn't it? Yeah. Chronology but also, of, of course, yeah. Chronology of the Daleks. Go on, big finish. Yeah. Um, but also, this story could be taking place before the chase. Yes. As well, yeah. couldn't it? You Would know? make sense. Yeah. Um, I'm but, sure I read. I'm sure I read somewhere that. It's probably, I don't know if it's in the books or whatever that the 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 time machine from the chase had a terranium core and that was the terranium core salvaged from this. Uh, I'm sure I've read something like that. It might be the other way around. All right. Episode eight. I wish it existed because you have um, they're going to experiment on Trantis, the guy yes. with the, uh, the the things hanging off his face, look yeah. like leeches. I like it. He's a good character. I like. It. Yeah, and they put him in a room, don't yeah. they? They put him in a room. And they're going, to know. The, they're going to use the time destructor on him, aren't they? Yeah, they're going to test it on him. But he's just, according to Loose Cannon, he's just standing there. Yeah. I don't think that would have been the case. Surely he must no. have realised what was just about to happen I to reckon, him. I reckon so. Because, it, because he, it certainly sounds like he's showing relief that it doesn't work. I mean, the fact that he then go and kill him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, he must have been doing something. This is yeah. the trouble with the the reconstructions is they've only got a telly snap to go off of. Yes. You know. And they they just use that shot again and again and again. Yeah. You know, while we hear the sounds. Yeah. And um you know, I think my favorite line of the entire story is when they figured out it's not the real terranium. Um Mav- Marvik says it must be it came from Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> he goes. <laughs> Good. These are the good old days when it wasn't Uranus. No, 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 thing, it was Uranus. Thing, yeah. Some yeah. of the worst things in the galaxy came from Uranus. Yep. yep. And I love also, straight after that, um, he, Chen realises the Doctor's substituted a fake. Yes. But of course, it's not his fault. All the way through this story, yeah. nothing is Marvik's fault. It's the Daleks' fault. Yeah. And he, he's berating them, he's shouting at them, it's your fault, you should have checked it as soon as you got it. Da, yeah. da, 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 not da. my fault. I supplied yeah. it, not my fault. No refunds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's brilliant in this. That, Yeah, he, he's got no high opinion of anyone else but himself. No. It no. can't... Because he's the most capable person that he knows, it can't possibly be his fault if something goes wrong. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. and it, it's it's nice to watch because he starts to fixate on the doctor, doesn't he? That it's the doctor. Mm. He's he's doing this to him. Yeah. There's there's a plot behind my yeah. back. And the doctor's trying to take over from me. The do, the yeah. Daleks gonna want him more than me. Isn't it? I mean, I love the Daleks in this story. Um, this is back when the Daleks were individuals can I but isn't it weird that even in what this their fourth appearance even now they realize they've got to have a non-dialect character Mm. as their mouthpiece because they do get boring very quickly when you're listening to them Mm, true true Yeah. He's a prototype Davros, isn't he? Really? Well, I've got notes about Davros. I've got a, a, a mention of Davros uh, in another scene uh, later on. But he's given command of a task force. Yes. Um, an, a, another time machine is coming from Scaro, and they want um, you know Chen to go and retrieve the Tyrrhenium yeah. baked bean can. Um, and that that's when we get the totally unnecessary... Oh, I've got a fly buzzing around my head. I'm going to be distracted. Um, the totally unnecessary was meddling that, what monk. What episode was that? <laughs> yeah. 
That's the missing scene. Yeah. Uh, no, the um, the meddling monk. Yes. Yeah. Segment. And it's, it's nice to see. Uh, nice to see the monk again. I always like uh, seeing Peter again. He's re- he's really good in it. But yeah, absolutely no point being in this story. How many stories earlier had the uh, the meddling monk? Is that like two or three stories before uh, the audience well, would have remembered him? Wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, it was. It was a. It was the first story of this season, wasn't it? Season three. Right. So right. yeah. Oh, they would have. Yeah, they would have remembered him certainly. Well, had they seen it, I suppose. Um, yeah, because this is almost prototype master, isn't it? Because because mm. you could imagine had had things not changed drastically the next season, that you could have seen the monk coming back again and again. You know, just turning up to be the thing. I do like the monk. I do like his characterization. I like in this where he's. He's so believable when he's t- trying to wheedle round Stephen and uh, Sarah. Yes. It's just a, it's such a, a pitch perfect performance. We should save this because we'll have to do the meddling. Yeah, we must do. Uh, is he a villain? His own. He isn't. He, yeah, he's, he's an, an adversary. adversary. He is an adversary, not a villain, though. No, I mean, that's why I chose the word adversary. Yeah, you know, that's because true. That's good, good that, that's deliberately ambiguous. Yeah, um, and of course, yes. I mean. Chen is on his way. I like the way he says, you know, we will succeed by guile and cunning, yep. he says. And, yeah, they're off to Fourth Dynasty Egypt. Yeah, on a budget um, of four pence. Yes, it's just a load of scaffolding yeah. and some yeah. plaster blocks, isn't it, and a backdrop. It is, yeah. Well, the I think the original, they turned up on set and nothing was done, was it? So the, the director uh, made the pyramid backdrop out of just coloured backdrops. Mm. It, yeah, it's there's nothing to it, and the extras they hired um, were useless, so they wouldn't put any verve into fighting or anything. Right, um, right. But yeah, the whole episode—it's a shame. Yeah, it just falls flat, doesn't it? It doesn't hold up. Hmm. Well, fast forward to Chen again. Yep. Um, once he's returned to Kemble, all triumphant because um, he's got he's got the baked bean can, and he yep. and he still thinks he's on equal standing with the Daleks. Yep. Uh, ranting away, and I like the way when they go, when he well, goes. He, uh, I was gonna say he thinks that he thinks they should be doubly grateful because he's he's not only supplied it in the first place, he's now solved their cock up as yes. he sees it. Look he's, how indispensable yeah. I am. Yeah, they vote, they owe him twice now. Yes, yeah. I like the f- fact that when he walks out the room, a Dalek asks the Dalek Supreme if they should kill him. Yeah, and he goes, Can "No." I kill <laughs> no, his arrogance and greed has one final use. Yep. And this is episode 11 now, and this is one that I I would really like to see, because in it, you've got the whole council bickering scene. Yes. Fellow delegates, even as you sit here, the great war force assembled under the Daleks, is awaiting the final order to set out and conquer the universe. Why is Marvik Chen speaking for the Dalek Supreme? The final checks are being made, and in a very short time, that final order will be given. Why is it that Marvik Chen is in possession of information denied to the rest of this council? Though we are all equal partners with the Daleks on this great conquest, some of us uh, 
are more equal than others. The representative speaks out of plan. No. My contribution of the M of Terranium is greater than all of yours put together. You have been dwarfed. This violates the agreement by which this council was assembled. Arrest him! Arrest him! Arrest him! Arrest anybody! You are nothing! You hear me? Nothing! You are happy to condemn you by the flesh. We call the conference began, the Dalek Supreme and I spoke together. This council now is under my power. I will give the order. You will obey them. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, it would be great to see this story for these style of scenes because I, yeah, I just wonder what it was like. I bet it was good. Loose Cannon has yeah. most of the and the, most of the dialogue is the blobby guy, the white yeah. guy with the black blobs all over him, who hisses every time he speaks, and we only have like one photo of him sat down, so they have to keep showing that. Yeah. But it would be really nice to have actually seen all this. The whole how they bang the yeah. table, um, you know, um, yeah. in, in protest and stuff, because they're outraged because Chen reckons he's above them all because he's provided the core. Yes, and also the episodes we have got, the direction is pretty good mm. on on like the earlier council scene. It's not static. There's some really good fluid camera movements, close-ups, which are unusual and were hard to do. Um, so I, yeah, I don't think you're gonna see like just a big finish, a long shot of a guy sitting down repeatedly. There's going to be some good yeah, shots. There would be some this. interesting yeah. stuff. You will have close-ups so. because the guy with the sharp, yeah. pointy teeth. Gets yeah. lots of nice uh, close-ups yeah. as well. Yeah, but yeah, no, that that they're all outraged, and uh, a character called Gearon is killed by Chen. Yep. He whips his blaster out and now declares that he's in charge of all of them. Yes, he's he, he's. I mean, he's, he's he's slid into madness at this point, hasn't he? He's, he's totally he doesn't gone. see what's going on because he he realizes that. The Dalek Supreme's gone, looks yeah. for the Dalek Supreme, realises that they're now all locked in yeah. that chamber room. Um, and, um, you know, he's not phased by it at all. No. He starts setting out his plan, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But we also hear at the same time that he's still, you know, uh, in denial about what's going on, we hear the Dalek saying that they're all going to be killed once the invasion starts. All the delegates are going to be killed. Yeah. Yeah, the Daleks doing that classic Bond villain thing, aren't they? Where we'll we'll kill him, but later. He doesn't seem phased. I mean, they are all taken out and put into a cell. All yep. the delegates, including Marvik, are put into a cell, and he still thinks that he's going to be, you know, co-ruler of the universe with the Daleks. Yeah, yeah, he's he's abs- I mean, he's gone past delusional at this point, isn't he? He's, I think he is. He is quite mad. Yes, and that's at the point where Stephen and Sarah talk over the radio. Yes. to Chen um, and he says look if, if you release me we'll destroy the Daleks 
Um, yeah. Together, we will destroy the Daleks. And, um, and they're all let out. All the delegates leave. But Again, yeah. I'd love to see that. I'd love, love to see to all see the that. spaceships yeah. taking off. That would be amazing. Because he he's also, he believes that that Sarah can't uh, can't go against him because she's she's works in the space secret service and he's head of the space secret. He's absolutely convinced <coughs> that she's with him. Yep. On this. It's really nicely played. But as an audience, you can see. You're, you're, I love these sort of stories where you're seeing more than the characters are. Mm, yeah. Do you think the, the the spa blowing up would have been a good shot? Well, I don't know. I, th- I think the taking off would have been good. Yeah. But is it going to be a couple of sparklers? Or I did they so, destroy yeah. it? Because I, I've never seen any mention of any of these spaceships No, uh, I, think, I think they destroyed surviving. it. So I imagine they, they put some, uh, you know, some, like you say, sparklers or something in it to make it yeah. blow up. I can't remember why. Why did he fake his own death? Why did he blow his own ship up? I don't really think they give you a a definitive. Because I was waiting for a sort of, oh, he's got a plan where, you know, he's he's going to come back. But other than the fact that I get the feeling that perhaps some of the other delegates were on his ship. But mm. again, it's hard to say on an audio. You don't know. But it would make more sense if if he was rescuing some of the other delegates on his ship, and then blew it up. Because otherwise, makes... why would you destroy it? Well, the others yeah, the, have taken the, the, off, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. The first thought is, yeah, to to make the others think that you're dead yeah. and make the Daleks think you're dead. But he immediately goes back into yeah. the base with Sarah and Stephen at gunpoint. Yeah, I'm not sure what his plan was at this point, other than the fact that he's mad. Yeah, but also, I mean, he he wants to show that the Daleks that he still has a use. Look, yes. I've captured these two for you. He wants to rebuild any broken. Uh, but he still, yeah, he still them. believes this, though, doesn't he? That if he just, they can't possibly want him dead for any good reason. It's got to be a misunderstanding that if he can just show them that that he is, look, I've got this for you. I'm still with you. They'll go, oh, sorry, yeah, we, yeah, because you know, he still thinks that the doctor, who has been yes, missing for quite yes. a while, he, because he's, he's been on Margate Beach, he's been he? down at Margate. Yeah. yeah, he thinks that you know the doctor. Um, might be chosen over him by yes. the Daleks, and by showing that he's captured Stephen and Sarah, you know he's more valuable. That's what it's all yep. about. Yeah. Um, and a, another bit I like in this story, and I, I would like to have seen it, is um, he's ordered to take Stephen and Sarah to uh, to the Dalek Supreme, and you've got two Daleks, and one of them actually whispers. Yeah. And says, "Do we assist him?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I didn't think that you could hear a Dalek whisper, but yes, well, I, they do. I like I like my Daleks to be individuals and not just robots. Um, and the, I love this. And also, I mean, in New Who, in the um, the one where they're in New York with the Daleks, and there's a lovely scene where two it, the, the scene ends and it just stays on the two Daleks. And they're, yeah. can, they're sort of whispering to each other and going, oh, what's going on? What? Uh, that's brilliant. It's the equivalent of Stormtroopers chatting, isn't it? On the yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It just makes them so much more real. But I love the fact that he he shouts down the Dalek that says, I'm going to take you to this. No, no, I'm <laughs> me, Mavic no, no. Chen. I, Mavic Chen. Yeah. I mean, no other, you know character working with the Daleks has been this <coughs> way with the Daleks the ever. Other, the only other one was um, the Master, wasn't it? In uh, no, Planet I of, uh, not Planet of Daleks, the one before it. 
uh, frontier in space. He's the, he's the only other person that has total disdain for them. And you have Lytton, to some degree, disagrees with yes. the Daleks. Yeah, that's true. Well, I like that. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll... Lytton is an adversary. We will yes, do a, an episode on Lytton at some point. But, uh, yeah, no, he takes them to the Dalek Supreme. And, you know, he's got um, Sarah and Stephen covered and yeah. doesn't realise, according to Loose Cannon, that as he's got them covered, behind him, a Dalek has got him yeah. covered as well. Again, you're right. This would be a cracking episode to see, just to mm. see how they did all this. Once again, I, Mavic Chen, guardian of the solar system, have helped the Daleks with their conquest plan. Our alliance has ended. What? But I have helped you time and time again with your absurd incompetence. I, Mavic Chen, will decide when the alliance is at an end. You, Dalek Supreme, Tell them that they take their orders from me. I assume that this silence means that the orders have been passed. Sure. Uh, you, bring me the invasion reports. of your ruler brings only one reward. Finds out that his deal is over, yeah. um, and he doesn't. He just does not see that death is facing him yeah. right now. Death is inches um, away, mate. Yeah, and he rants in the in the face of it. You wouldn't yeah. dare do anything to me. I am Mavic Chen and all like yeah. this. He um, is the equivalent and, of, of people that come in when you work in retail and go, "Do you not know who I am?" Yeah, and people just stare yeah. because that's what the Daleks do. They yeah. just stare at him while he's ranting and ignore him. So he whips yep. his blaster out again, shoots the Dalek Supreme, yeah. which doesn't achieve doesn't anything. Do anything. And again, you know? I would love... To, I bet he had a great expression on his face, old Kevin, when yeah. he realises his guns doesn't work. This, this is my Davros moment. Yeah. Him versus the Daleks is like Davros yeah. when he's arguing with the Daleks. You know, I am Davros, your creator. Da, da, da. It's yeah. the same sort it of is, yeah. you standing get, that he's got. Yeah, and then you get that wonderful realisation moment. Mm. which there would have been on this, where they realise, oh, <laughs> I've pushed this too far. Before he pushes it too yeah. far, I love the way he goes, you know, you can't execute me, I am immortal. Because yeah. his mind has totally yeah, broken down yeah. by this point, hasn't it? And and he is. Yeah. He's led out into a corridor, 
and just gunned down. Yep. You know, there's what, what an ignoble end for the Guardian of the Solar System. Yeah. Do you think we actually saw it, or do you think it was completely off? Oh, no, I, I, it depends how OTT Kevin is, yeah. you know, because between blasts, he actually carries on talking. Yeah. He goes, you, you cannot, <laughs> between yeah. blasts, as he is dying, he's, you, t- he's still ordering them around and saying, you, you can't do this. Do you wish they'd have done it like the um, Austin Powers, where you, they, he takes them off and you hear a Dalek gun going off, and then he goes, you can't do it, I'm still alive, and then you hear a Dalek gun going off again. <laughs> nope, nope, still I'm still here. all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then another Dalek yeah. wheel was out and you hear two guns going off. That would have been yeah. brilliant. But yeah, what 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 an end for such yeah. a uh, you know an immortal to be just gunned down in a corridor. The, the, unlike now, where where characters are flashing the pan, this the audience has been with this character for twelve weeks, three months, three months, uh, three over months of the Christmas same story. Period. Yeah, <laughs> this is. I mean, some now the seasons are less than this, so this is why when people I go oh. Um, Sarah Kingdom's not really a companion. But to the, the watching public, yes, she is. She she has been in more episodes than some of the other companions that are classed as companions. Yep. People have got to know and love these characters over the 12 weeks. And I, I, I would love for the final episode to be in existence because I think you, when, the, when they, the Daleks set off the Time Destructor and they're trying to get back to the TARDIS, it's heart-wrenching on audio. Mm-hmm. Imagine what it'd been like to see, and then William Hartnell delivers a scream of pain that oh my god, it's just mm. amazing! So, yeah, and I would Sarah's demise, yeah. I mean, just how, how was it? I mean, we've got photos, yeah. but how was it executed? Yeah, you know, I, this, is, this is one episode I would, yeah, what, what episode would you get rid of to have this episode back? Uh, well, the, the cop silent film true yeah well we've, yeah. just lose that because really i mean what you're saying i mean yeah there are some fabulous characters and yeah. some great acting in this story but really it boils down to the doctor arrives on a planet finds out about this invasion plan steals the can baked be. bean can chen and the daleks go off get the can bring it back the end. The end, yes. You know? It's a very, although it's 12 weeks, it's a very slight plot. Very, mm. very slight. Um, yeah, it's it, it's pure melodrama, isn't it? It's, yeah. Melodrama with some really good yeah. characters and some really good acting. Yeah. And, and again, this is why I, I wanted to do Mavic Chin. Um, so, yeah, there we go. That was Mavic Chin. Right? Uh, yeah, and of course, this won't be our only time we're talking about Kevin Stoney. I mean, no, we've I'm got sure. two more times, two more <coughs> who's he's in, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's in... Um, he's, he's in The Invasion. Yeah, and Revenge of the Cybermen. And he's a not a Vogon. What are they? Yeah, he's a Vogon. Vogon, that's yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, so there we go. That, that That's Mavic Chen. Um, now, the next thing we talk about is, and we've got a few instances here, um, Earth dates. Yes. Right? Well, our, after doing Sontarans last week, you know, our, our list has uh, grown considerably. It did. It jumped, we, amazingly, from what, nine, what did we say, 1992 or something? Right. As it stands before we do this, we go from the year 102 AD yep. up to the year 10,000, right? Right. Now, to add to that list, of course, this time we've got 60s London. Yeah. Right? 
We've got 1920s Hollywood. True. We've got Earth in the year 4000. Yeah. And then we've got... uh, 4000 BC. uh, No, no, it's uh, 4th Dynasty. 4th Dynasty... Yeah, That's roughly 2,500 BC. So, yeah. so we now have um, our earliest ever yeah. Earth story and our furthest in the future one. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. That's Sontaran. 10, That's 10,000. Yes, yeah. yeah. This is 4,000. Yeah, it encompasses yeah. quite a bit, though, doesn't it, for one story? Yes, yeah. Right, so the next bit, you know the next bit. Out of 10, we've got to do, here we go, the design rating for Mavic Chen. Okay, the design for Mavic Chen, I suppose, depends on... I mean, even if you class him as an alien, so on some of the close-ups, the, it's not made to be seen in high definition. Um, no. Also, his... I was, you know me, I'm a costume fan, and I was watching his costume closely, and it's not very well detailed. It's, it's very... Well, it's a tabard. Yes. It's a very Blake 7 tabard, but okay. I do like the squares with the little square yes. inside yeah. them, which seems to be yeah. the Earth fashion, because the other people were wearing yeah, them, they certainly. They? Um, I would... I can't put the design particularly highly on this, so I, I, I'm going to say a four for design okay. Mavic. Marvic. I've got five. Marvic. Yeah. I've got five, so that's four and a half. All right. So design-wise, that puts him oh, right ne- alongside Terry Lectal. Oh, well, he'd probably get on well with it. Yeah, yeah, he, he would have been bossing very, them around. That's a, quite a scar you've got there, my good uh, man. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, and the effectiveness. So effectiveness, of... and this is down purely to uh, Kevin Stoney. This goes up to eight for me. That's exactly what I've yeah. got. Exactly what I've got. So that puts him alongside the foretold, you know, the mummy. Yes, all right. And uh, That's Sil. ironic. He, he visited ancient Egypt as well. Yeah, and Sil. Yeah. Who didn't visit. Good company. All right. So if we do those two together... It's going to drop that him right down, isn't it? 6.25. <laughs> right. He's sat alongside uh, for our adversary rating, 6.25. He is sat exactly alongside uh, the Yeti from Web of Fear. I think that's a nice place for him to be, isn't it? He's a, he's well, he's in yeah. 60s London, which is yeah. where he's going to be next time we talk about him. That's true, um, yeah. You know, in, uh, in London. Yeah, so that's that, that's that, that's that. Um, the only behind-the-scenes I've got, because we don't really, on our show, we don't talk about the actors and their no. genre tallies or anything like that. That's our other shows, isn't it? Um, is that Mavic Chen... His, his, he originally was going to be called Banhoon. Which is, again, sort of, a, again, alludes to the Eastern... Mm, that's what I was style thinking. of name, yeah. Yeah, Banhoon, yeah. And that's it. That's it. So, uh, there we go. Um, actually, we've been talking quite a, quite a long time. Um, it's flown this by, is, isn't it? This is, yes, an hour and 20, and I've got quite lengthy audio clips to put in and four audio clips so we might be yeah. nudging an hour and a half that's not bad for a second visit to a doctor no I think, that, I think that's pretty good because because we were we were saying when we were planning all this that the first go round it's going to be quite lengthy because we've got to talk about what we think about the doctors and what mm. we think about um you know the, the the how we got into each doctor and what we were doing at the time and we grew up with it and we thought the second time round no, we, we don't need to talk about any of that because we've done it. So it'll be straight into the story. I suppose it's because you chose a 12-episode one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and we had a bit of uh, uh, 
thoughtfulness at the beginning yes, and a bit true. of head scratching about what's going on yes. as well. So yeah. let us know also ne- on if on Facebook. Let us know what you think of, of Alien or Asian. Mm. What a terrible game show that would be. I mean, it, it it raises the question that I raised when we were doing uh, the Abominable Snowmen, it, yep. in, and that is another case yes. of you know in the sixties, you if you had any Nepalese actors in England, they wouldn't have been considered for you know speaking roles. No. So therefore, you've got to use a white man. And I said to you, if they animated it, do you animate the actor or animate a character that's por- yeah. that's, that's being true. portrayed? And would would they do that with Mavic Chen? Would they do a Asian-style actor, I, or would they animate Kevin Stoney like they did with the missing episodes of uh, the Invasion? I think. I mean, they probably would just animate Kevin Stoney to try and match it. But I think if they do a color version, like they tend to with the animations, I think they'll go down the he's blue route. Blue. And claim yeah. that that's what. That's what the. That was the intention was. Yes. all along. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It gets you out of a. Uh, a sticky situation doesn't yes it does it does all right okay well that's it um but before we go um this is because we're back in uh classic who this might actually cost me money now because uh second doctor yeah your choice well i did toy with doing the invasion and tobias vaughn i thought that might be pushing the kevin stoney love two in a row um and then yeah yeah i thought yeah i thought no okay we'll we'll keep that for when we come back again because we're bound to do him because again tobias vaughn we i think we both love don't we yeah. Brilliant. And there's an awful lot of Tobias Vaughan without the Cybermen. Yes. You know, yeah. you, you, you can do that without involving the Cybermen, Cybermen too much. All, yes. Um, but I, I've decided to go for the, uh, the Brummy Buggers and do the Crotons um, because that was the first Troughton I ever saw. Okay. Uh, yeah, I won't spoil whether I like it or not, but, but yeah, that was the first Troughton I ever saw. I think most people. Of, of our sort of age, probably their their introduction to Troughton because it was shown in the Five Faces season. Yeah, I remember you saying yeah. it when 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 we yeah. were talking about. Have uh, you got it, is Patrick? Yes, I have. Hey, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has not cost me money. Excellent. No, it's it, it was one of those things when I was in HMV one day and I'm looking along the the long line. It's like got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, and then it's like ooh, I've. I, I know people don't think too highly of it, and, and, and some people don't really like it, or the designs of the yeah. croutons. Um, and um, and it's like, yeah, but it's only six ninety nine. So yeah, and it's yeah. a Robert Holmes story. Yeah, yeah, mm. and uh, you yeah, know, no, 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 I'm not going to say anything about no, it. No, no, but, yeah, let's but that was only it. when would that have been? That was only like a couple of years ago. Oh right. Um, so yeah. But I've I've watched it the once, right, so, so it's a good, so, good opportunity for you to watch it again. Yes, yeah. No, I never saw it on that, or if I did watch it, I can't remember watching it when there was that, you know, uh, five faces of Doctor yeah. Who thing. So uh, yeah, no, I mean, no, that's good. It's that's good, good as well because it's it's one of those where because the prints are in such quality condition, um, the vidfire process makes it sparkle. It looks All right. Okay. You, you've got Zoe in it. There's that bonus as well. Yes. All right. Well, I've got a week to do my research thanks all right well thank you thank you for saving me money ian no that's all right and i didn't know that i didn't know no no you never know and 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 uh, i never know you never know when we do our choices and you might have had it and lent it to someone and lost it (laughs) yes indeed no no luckily i do have it do you think it's not just annalise every week throwing one of your 
What doing a Colin Baker in that yeah, Peter Davison yeah. thing? You know, the, the Colin Baker's DVDs keep yeah, mysteriously disappearing, disappearing, so they have to keep yeah. buying it. <laughs> yeah, do you think that's what's happening? Mm. It might be. I should put yeah. them under lock and key, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. put a little, put a little uh, security camera on them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Well, folks. Yes. You yes. Know, if you have any thoughts on Marvic, Marvic, um, 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 go over to Facebook and just let us know what you think of the. The, the character, the portrayal, and, uh, and and what have you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Nice one. All right, and we'll see you next week. So, yep. bye-bye. Thanks, then. Bye.